welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker, Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking, a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the Hacker Maker. In each episode, I have a really great guest sharing their story of how they got into offensive cybersecurity and their tips and tricks on getting into the industry. Uh, this episode, I'm very happy to present BSD Bandit, also known by his real name, Charles Shire. Uh, one of the things, if you're if you're on social media information. Twitter, InfoSec Twitter, you got to know who Charles is. And Charles is, was kind of a, a ray of sunshine during the pandemic whenever the lockdown occurred and everyone was cooped up at home by herself. And, you know, I really got to appreciate Charles's videos even better because it's just kind of something to cheer you up and kind of get you happy and going. And so I'm very happy to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm definitely excited. <laughs> So, yeah. so I got my Nile shirt on today. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like the the, the Street Fighter. I'm, 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 left, I'm probably gonna play that game later tonight. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's good. You got the, got your shirt on, your 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 Nile shirt, and then it's Friday. So I mean, yes. what more can we ask for? And so, how's your how's your 2022 going so far? 2022 has been interesting. It's been an adventure, but. I just take it one day at a time and just try to enjoy just the moments. And then I don't focus on tomorrow. I don't focus on yesterday. I just focus on the moment. And that, and that helps out a lot because, my goodness, <laughs> we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Yeah, that's great, great advice because, man, 2020 and 2021. Ooh, it, this it, decade. Yeah, it kind of ru- ruined us all, I guess, man, because it's just yeah. getting used to you don't know what to expect and you think uh, that it's going to get better and then sometimes – it doesn't. It's like a, a meme I saw on Twitter recently. Mm-hmm. It, it showed 2022. You know, it said something about hopefully 2022 will be better. And then you see the sun in the background. And you see the silhouette of Godzilla. And said, "Is that Godzilla?" <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's got us all wanting to break out the dumb lore and head, head back to wherever we want to go to, whether it's <laughs> the 90s or the 80s or even the early 2000s. Anything but this decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Well, before before I forget about it, uh, why don't you introduce yourself for our listeners? Okay. Uh, my name is I'm Charles Shearer. I go by the BSD Bandit on Twitter. Um, I do penetration testing and red teaming. Um, I love retro games. Um, I'm just really just all about just like enjoying life and just having fun. And the, the retro kind of brings me back to that from T-shirts to toys to even video games. 
and I'm a husband and a father of one. I got a four-year-old daughter, Simone. Hi, Simone, even though she's not going to be <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Yeah, she might she might hear this someday. So that's someday, good. exactly. <laughs> the internet is written in ink. <laughs> so so you, you you always appear. You know you have the appearance of being positive and upbeat on on Twitter. Is mm-hmm. this is this kind of hard to maintain, or you know how do you how do you do that? No, it's not it's not hard to to maintain because it's me. It's my personality. That's just always how I've been. I just like just try to look at the. Always just try to keep the, the positive outlook. I mean, of course, the world's always going to have problems. We all have problems. There's up and down days. But what keeps me going is just know, like, hey, this little problem or this little issue is not going to be, like, the end-all, be-all. So push through it. Do whatever I got to do to get through it. But I know the, the the latter is more positive. So I just keep I just keep that mindset. I've always kept that mindset, like, just enjoying it and – you know, when it's you, it's authentic, it's organic, you know, like even like with the, the morning videos, the morning videos. Yeah, I could just record a whole bunch of them in a row, just put them out there. But that's not organic. That's more robotic and, um, you know, automated. So I the, every time someone sees the morning video, that's actually me up that morning in that moment. And of course, I play a song at the end or <laughs> whatever. Depends on what I've heard the night before or a song that was on my mind. Because, you know, we're constantly going while we're sleeping. So if a song pops up in my mind, I play it on the morning video. And for all those want to know, I haven't had the coffee yet. The coffee's brewing in the background. (laughs) I like to put that out there. Dude, did you have the coffee already? I'm like, no, I didn't have the coffee. I'm just up. Yeah, as you mentioned that you don't pre-record those, so it's more no. organic. I think it's more authentic too because sometimes yeah. things, so much things in life are scripted. So I think it's good to be authentic, like you, like yeah. you are. Yeah, why, why, why are we scripting it? Let's 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 go with the authentic because we're all human. We all go through the same things, just probably at different times in life or different times of the day. But at the end of the day, we all have the same twenty-four hours. So. Just how how do you want to enjoy? Do you want to enjoy those 24 hours or do you want to just kind of like stay in one spot where you're like you're upset or miserable within those 24 hours? At the end of the day, we all have choices. Good point. So since the pandemic, do you, have you seen more attention to your morning videos? Have you seen more attention? Oh, yeah. Um, I get I get a lot of like DMs and I, I answer. And of course, somebody follows me. I'll follow them back. And if they want to chat, I'll talk as well, too. You know, um, I'm, I have a passion for people. So I generally care about people in general. You know, so if somebody wants to chat, I'll, I'll talk to them in the DM all day if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I enjoy it. I enjoy being around folks. And of course, you know, I'm not going to let the, the pandemic stop me because, again, I keep the hacker mindset. I don't accept things the way they are. I adjust things and modify them to what I want them to be, regardless of what the rule book says. Yeah, those are, that's a great motto to live by. Uh, the cool thing is, too, is like you said, people DM you. But one of the things that, that I think is is good about people like yourself is, you know, there's sometimes people are out there interested in cybersecurity and they help, but don't you find a lot of times people just need 
the encouragement or they need some advice from someone. And it may not even be related to cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. It's just the, I look at it this way, think about it. And even if it's not cybersecurity or anything, everything that you do in this world starts with a mindset, right? It all starts with the mindset, like say, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm willing to go through whatever I need to go through to get to that point. But it all starts with the mindset. You know, when I wanted to get into hacking, and this is before it was even called cybersecurity or anything, I just was a guy that enjoyed computers. Like (laughs) from video games to PC gaming, and then to the point where I just wanted to do with deal with computers and then I met a bunch of folks that were into hacking and that, and that's how I kind of adopted the mindset. So it's all about whatever it is that you want to do. I don't care if it's art. I don't care if it's skateboarding, whatever it is that you want to do. It all starts with that one mindset. I can do this. I will do this. And I'm going to figure out a way how to get to that point. That's great. And uh, you kind of mentioned getting started. Why don't we dig a little deeper in that? Why don't you share how you kind of got started and eventually became a pen tester and red teamer. Okay. Well, I started out in um, college. I started off as, of course, um, a PC tech. Well, even before that, I learned how to make cables and started making cables for the network admins (laughs) and carry boxes for the network admins. And then, of course, um, from there, became like a PC tech. And then I became a system administrator. But the fun part about the system, and and this is all at um, my college, um, I went to uh, Virginia State University. Uh, class of 2003. <laughs> but um, at that time, I, I was interested in just like Unix. That's what I used in college. I used mostly like Linux and Unix. Um, this is where the free BSD, everything comes <laughs> in. So um, I started out using like Mandrake Linux, um, Slackware, um, Red Hat. I was trying all types of different um, Nix systems. And then um, a good friend of mine was like, dude, since you like Slackware so much, you need to check out the, the, the BSDs. And I'm like, the BSDs? It's like, he said, go ahead, just check it out, and you'll be surprised what you what you want to do, right? So I got, I actually got a copy of FreeBSD 4.8. I tell him 4.8, and this was over dial-up. <laughs> I didn't have no DSL, you know, I wasn't on campus at the time, so it was a dial-up. <laughs> so um, I went ahead and um, installed it, burned it to a CD, the ISO to a CD, um, installed it. I had a um, Sony Vial with 128 megs of RAM and a 10 gig hard drive. <laughs> so I got it to install on that. And um, I didn't know much about it. I was like, well, okay, um, let me make sure I install X Windows, just the basics. And then once I got into it, I was like, oh, I really like this. It supports different hardware. I said, okay, I know about FreeBSD. Oh, over here is OpenBSD. Let me try this. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I learned that, oh, a lot of people are using this for a firewall. I said, oh, okay, let, let, let me try this. And I actually got a hold of a 486 with the turbo button. And I made that. That was my first firewall with OpenBSD 3.0. That was the first time PF ever existed. That was the, the, in that first version. So 3.0. And I was like, oh, you could do this with the firewall. And I slowly started building my open source knowledge without knowing it, you know. Because it was something that I was truly passionate about, I was truly into. And, of course, I spent a lot of time on IRC and <laughs> um, and just hung out there a lot. And I learned a lot that way as well, too. And now I took that skill set 
brought it back to my job, which was of system administration. So I started building FreeBSD, like FTP servers, um, web servers in FreeBSD. And then um, eventually um, I went from being a Novell administrator. <laughs> Novell, <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yes, I was Novell. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm CNA Netware 5, people. <laughs> yes. So, um, um, so with uh, Novell, a funny story about Novell Netware, um, the, the, the person that was working with me at the college, um, his wife was in the military, so they, they had to leave Virginia. And there was no like email administrator because we used GroupWise. So my boss came in, he had a Novell book in one hand, he had a GroupWise book in another hand, he put them both on my desk and said, you're the new email administrator, don't screw up. So that's how I got into like Novell and everything else. And come to find out, we upgraded to 6.5. That ran in that ran Bash, open enterprise server. So I'm like, oh, this is nothing but Nix, which is something that I was already playing around with while I was in college. So that kind of, that's where that connection comes in. And then like like I said, with the BSDs, I just I just always had a, a special love for that operating system and just that whole vibe because it was a true operating system, tried and true and like different hardware and everything else. And then of course that kind of bled into me learning a little bit of Cisco. So I kind of just learned a little bit of each things, but I always stuck with like the Knicks part of the side of the house. Now I got into penetration testing, fast forward, I got into penetration testing eight years ago. I started out with, no, um, 2014, yeah, 2014, right? So I started out with, um, wireless. I had a huge interest to wireless. I was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. Um, just learning the basics. I was buying up every antenna I could find. Um, and it's funny, I I was on YouTube one day and I watched this penetration testing. It was like wireless penetration testing for reals. It was a talk by Zero Chaos. Shout out to Zero Chaos. <laughs> so I said, oh, this is pretty interesting. And I mean, I learned about the different antennas and everything else and the, the different um, like Zigbee's Bluetooth and things that they were testing with at the time. And I actually started looking up stuff and actually buying stuff off of eBay or wherever I could find it. And then just started putting together my own little wireless attack network. From there, like I, I found out about the offensive security um, OSWP. So I said, you know, I'm going to take that because I'm already into wireless. I'm knee deep into it. I'm buying all the equipment. I'm playing around with this stuff. And the only reason I took the certification was just to like learn. It was just more, more knowledge. I didn't really look at it from a cert perspective, like saying I have to have that cert. But I looked at it from a perspective like, oh, I can actually learn something more about wireless and networking and pen testing, right? So that was the main reason I took that cert. And then from there, wireless kind of bled into NetPen and web app pen, right? So that's where the connection with the OSCP, and I know I'm jumping into search, like <laughs> I'm jumping into that side of the house, but um, that was kind of my, like my roadmap to penetration testing in general. It was just an idea. I said, okay, I did the, the hacking thing in college and learning different things and learning from other folks and being interested in Unix and everything else and, and doing hacks with that learning, like I said, said awk and um, Perl at the time was the, the hotness and then eventually move over to Python. But it's always been in me from a mindset to say, oh, you know what? I like this 
let me learn as much as I can about it and then make it do things that it wasn't really designed to do. So, and that's, again, it all starts from the mentality. It's all, it's all a mental thing with hacking and anything that you do. Right. So back to what I was saying with like certification, I got, I wound up getting the OSCP and that was a, a changer for me because it's like, okay, cool. It's like you learn different things at one time. So you're learning a combination of like net pen web app, and you're learning um, buffer overflows at the time, right? And so I think that certification is like a foundation. It gives you a foundation of which roadmap you might want to go into. Because from there, you kind of figure out, okay, now, now they have different like specialties that you might want to specialize in, you know? It might, not, it might be wireless, it might be web, it might be just like exploit development. So I think that you know, that kind of helped shape my mindset as far as like security is concerned. And I mean, I've, I've been in there ever since. It, um, and I don't plan on slowing down. Like, I, I, I like this. <laughs> it's just it's just it's just pretty cool. And not even just the, the hacking, just understanding like security. And I'm getting to meet some awesome folks, yourself included. It's great. Like, it, <laughs> I don't I don't know how else to, I don't know how else to describe that one, but it's a great feeling. So that's also part of my happiness as well too, because I get to wake up each morning and do what I love for a living. You know, it doesn't get any sweeter. You know, so that's that was my path towards like hacking and, and of course penetration testing. Now, you know, that was the path that I took. So I started off just learning the basics, learning the basis of operating systems. How does it work? How does the file system works? How does um, log file, where do log files go? Because all that plays a part. And, you know, when you're attacking a system, you need to know where the logs live. You need to know where the password file lives. You need to understand how the operating system works because that gives you a better chance of being successful when you're you're pen testing a, a network. And you can use that operating system, of course, to pivot and go somewhere else within the network. Depends on what type of test that you're actually doing. And same thing with the web app. So... <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much my my path into it, and okay. I, I haven't stopped ever since. So, so what would you recommend for someone that's wanting to get into to the pen testing field? Okay, we're gonna update it till today, right? Okay. If I was in, if I was starting out today, the first thing I would do, I'd hop on maybe a because we all have mobile phones. I would hop on to a place like like Spaces. I would Google okay what positions are in cybersecurity? What is cybersecurity all about? What fields are within cybersecurity? Once I've kind of looked at what's there, because again, I haven't made a decision yet what I want to do, then that's when I would get on Twitter or um, start joining up with some discords and just start asking around like, hey, um, this looks interesting. Tell me more about it. What does, what, is, what does a threat hunter do? What does a penetration tester do? Um, and within penetration testing, what does a web app pen tester do? What, you know, these are, these are questions I would ask. And then if something more so would like, say if somebody told me, Hey, um, web app pen testing does X, Y, Z, and it piques my interest. That's when I would start digging more deeper into it. And okay, how do I get started? Okay. I would Google that first. How do I get started? I want to become a web app pen tester. And there's tons of articles out there now, right? That says, 
hey, here's how you get started. And then they give you a list of books, recommendations. Um, now there's plenty of like, say, like the hack the boxes and you got the try hack me, which is awesome. Um, it gives you a blueprint of how to get started with, um, in my case, if I'm starting now, web application testing, right? It's not no longer, it's no longer just, hey, here's the web application hackers handbook, go learn. There are so many different paths now where that's where I would start. I would start with first looking up what is cybersecurity. Second, start asking around by joining Discord channels and even Twitter spaces. Look up some Twitter spaces like, oh, this looks interesting. You know, how to get into cybersecurity. You know, there was a Twitter space. We just did a Twitter space on that um, a couple of weeks ago, right? And then that's when I would start asking some more questions and, and taking notes. And then from there, just kind of build upon what I've, what I've, from the notes that I've taken, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So as far as getting started out, how important do you feel that certifications are as far as trying someone trying to get their foot in the door? I think certifications are important. It gives you a foundation. It gives you a foundation and it shows um, your potential employer that you took the time out to actually help yourself get your foot in the door. You said, you know what? This is something that I want to do. I wanted to take a certification to show that this is my interest. This is what I'm interested in. And this is how I have the, the foundation to get started. You know, just because, and always remember, just because you have the certification, that doesn't mean you know everything there is to know about the subject. Certifications are great for foundation. It lays the foundation for you to continue to learn more in that particular field. So I think certifications are important. And another thing that's important is just networking, just constantly talking with folks within your area of interest as well, too. Like you got, say you have the, the foundation already, you have the certification already, you already have the foundation. Now, now you got to work. Get your foot in the door, start networking with folks. Hey, here's what I've done so far. Because I've always learned this, and this is any aspect of life. If you are trying to help yourself, someone will help you. There's someone that will help you if you're trying to help. If they see you're trying to help yourself and you're trying to to do something, they will help you. So that's what that's what I think about certification. Certifications are important, but it's not the end all be all. Yeah, that's some good advice, and, and especially the the part where you, people see you trying to learn. Mm -hmm. That that's helpful because you know not everyone is are or is generous with their time as people like yourself. Some people aren't going to be able to spend much time mentoring or put the effort into it. But then right. once people see you're trying to help yourself, it's like when you get those messages on LinkedIn, someone wants mentoring or, or Twitter where they just say hi and that's it. And, mm -hmm. and you really have to drag things out of them. So really, like you said, showing that you're trying to help yourself. Right. Motivates someone is going to help you or mentor you more knowing that you're actually putting the effort in and know that you're going to put the effort in and not mm -hmm. just waste their time. So that's right. That's, that's, that's great advice. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. You know, some people just, you know, they, they see that you're not going to, and that's one of the interesting things that I enjoy mentoring and stuff better. I, I compete in powerlifting and have for mm -hmm. years and years, and I'd rather help someone with their career or help someone become a pen tester than powerlifting because what I ran into before is mm -hmm. you'd write up this routine, give someone this routine, yeah, and they may not do it or they'll work on it and then they change, they switch they to change something up, else. Yeah. So you spend all this time, and so you really, you know, sometimes you want to be, you know, your time is valuable, and so where yeah. you invest it 
is too. So that's true. That is so true. <laughs> but it's it's a good thing that, and you know, I always love helping someone because somebody helped me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just paying it forward. Yes. Somebody yeah. helped me. I'm I'm definitely going to do all I can to help someone that's trying to do it. And it's a good feeling, man. You always hear it's better to give than to receive. And then once mm-hmm. you get into helping others, you really get to see that feeling. And I mean, it's just. Yeah. 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 I, I look at it that way. The only, you know, I'm personally, I'm not a, I'm not a person that's in competition. Like the, I don't believe in all that competition. Competition. The, the only competition is yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to motivate. There's there's no one else stopping you from becoming what you want to become. It's just something like, hey, I got to get up each morning and actually go for what I want to go for. There's no one else stopping you but yourself. That's your competition. Everything else, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. People just need to really go after it and stay motivated because a lot of times people are their biggest distraction or bigger, mm-hmm. biggest blockers because yeah. you think about kids, you know, and you, since you have a, a young daughter, you see when mm-hmm. kids are little, they think they, you know, they, you know, they, they think they could all. be astronauts. They could be yes. doctors. They could be whatever. Mm-hmm. And they got that mindset. But as we go through time, we have negative experiences that yeah. discourage us. And you just have to make sure that you're not, discouraging or preventing yourself from getting ahead. Yeah. Or you can keep the Peter Pan mentality. Peter Pan never grew mentally. Yeah. The adults, <laughs> the adults around them just say, Oh, well, it's, you're an adult now. This is, this is real life. Like what, what are you doing? It's just like, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's the first thing a person says. Yeah. When you, when you say you're going to do something, there's over there's, there, there will be one person that will say they'll give you 50 million reasons why you shouldn't do it. That's the person you want to not listen to. Because <laughs> the 50 million reason why you shouldn't do it is the one reason why you should do it. Yes, definitely. Human nature. You just don't know. Some people are haters mm-hmm. and they just want to prevent you from doing something. Yeah. Or some people think that they couldn't do it or they just kind of they see all the the negatives. And yeah, right. so it's you just have to be positive and, and, and move on and, and listen to the people that are going to encourage you instead of the people that are going yeah. to discourage you. The, the, the naysayers today will be your biggest cheerleaders tomorrow. If you think about it, because the, if they're not, if when they see you progressing, the next thing you know, they want to get up, come aboard. So it's, it's all, it's all, it's again, it's all mentality. If somebody yep. tells you you can't do something for 50 years, eventually it becomes true in your mind, yes. not true in reality. But that that's that's a that's a now that's an obstacle that we all have to fight to overcome that. That piece right there. So if anybody's listening, if you feel like you can't do something, I'm personally telling you, yes, you can get up. Don't give up. Uh, great, great advice. Get up, don't give up. Great advice. Uh, you know, we spoke about certifications. One of the other things that we, you know, we get asked a lot in the industry that people are trying to get started out. So what are your views on, does someone need to know how to script or, or code to be a pen tester? No, you don't, you don't have to know how to code, but it does help, right? 
And especially as you go as you go further in learning about penetration testing and, and the more pen tested you do, you're going to want to try to automate some things. You're like, oh, I'm tired of doing the same thing the same way manually day in and day out. Hey, let me figure out a way to automate it. And you can do that through scripting. Now, do you have to know how to do it? No. But eventually you're probably going to want to do want to code. Um, it does help, especially if you know how to read code. You might not be able to write code, but at least be able to read it because you never know. You might run into you might run into a situation where it's a mature environment. And you might have to write some to you might have to write a tool that kind of gets you over to the next hump because there's no everything is patched. There's no exploits available. There's there's nothing. And you're on a time limit, so you got you to find something. You got to have something in hand. You might have to take a piece of code to modify it, but if you can't read it, it's going to be a little bit difficult. So that's why I say it's, it's good to actually know, because this is something that can that can help you further along in your, in your career as a pen tester or a red teamer. So what language you rec- would you recommend starting with? I'd say Python. Python is fun. <laughs> Python is a fun, it's a fun and it's a, it's a fun and simple language to start out with. And it's very powerful. So you got all the great combinations right there. Definitely want to start out with um, Python. And if you don't feel comfortable with Python, you can even start with shell scripting. There's, there's nothing wrong with starting out with basic. Like if you're into like Linux and a lot of folks, I'm pretty sure are using Kali Linux these days, you can start out with just basic bash shell scripting to automate your stuff. And then work your way up if you want to do like Python or whatnot for more advanced stuff. But you can just start up with basic shell scripting and have fun with that. The key is, is just enjoy what you enjoying what you're doing and not just say, oh, because if you look at it as a chore, it's going to get more difficult. That's that's the key, too. If you look at it like, oh, my God, I have to do this. No, you, you don't. But if you want to start out, I would definitely start out with it, either shell scripting or Python. I'd recommend Python, but if you don't feel comfortable with that, you can always just start with shell scripting and then come back to it. That's the beautiful part. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what other is, you know, we're getting down towards the end of the show. Is uh-huh. there any other advice that you'd like to share that maybe we didn't touch on during during our conversation? Oh, um, I just I just want people to like I know we're just getting into 2022. And I challenge you to find something new. If it don't challenge you, it don't change you. Greatness awaits you. And I love you all. <laughs> I, I just want y'all to just, just get out there and just go after your goals and dreams. Whatever it is that you want to do, whether you're red teaming, pen testing, powerlifting, <laughs> whatever it is that you choose, honestly, just, just go out there and just go after it. Don't let the naysayers, don't give the naysayers any any position in your mindset because again at the end of the day you're the one that's got to be happy with you so that's that's just my advice you know going out awesome advice thanks thanks for joining and it was it was great to get to to speak to you we've only messaged through twitter before but to actually get to get to (laughs) virtually speak with you that's great uh i'm a big fan and hopefully hopefully in 2022 we get to to actually talk in person hopefully so yeah that would be great 
Well, don't have to stop here. Just def definitely keep in touch. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm just a one. I'm just 140 characters away. <laughs> you know, you got, I'm just a phone number away. I'm just 140 characters away, people. <laughs> well, well, thanks again. It was, it was awesome. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your story. No problem. Thanks everyone for one again. Yeah, we have to do definitely. Thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you on the next episode. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.